Wow. I'm honored to be here today. Good morning to you. And uh, Brother Ted was mentioning I stepped down from pastoring uh, in 2019. It'll be three years in June. And uh, man, I'm amazed. Uh, you mentioned retirement. Uh, I've said it's reassignment. I <laughs> I've been busier than I ever dreamed. In fact, I was sharing with Brother Jet before the service. He was asking me about it, and I said, uh, a fellow pastor, some of you know, Brother Frank Wood, uh, he had stepped down a few months before I, and so he was asking me about that. How's it going? And I said, well, as I just mentioned, more amazing than I can believe. I'm busier than I ever dreamed I'd be. And he said, well, that's good, Brother Dave. He said, here's the real test, though, if they have you back. <laughs> so I'll see how many of you are here tonight. <laughs> But uh, I want to say how I thank God for this place, and uh, I want to speak, I, I don't think I have to presume, I think I'm pretty confident in speaking on behalf of pastors all over the country who thank God for Southwest Baptist Church and your influence and your help in the lives of the young people that we send this way for Heartland, and, and they have the part of being a, a part of this great church, and so thank you. I know many of you have gone out of your way at great expense to be a help. You take them into your home, our students, and thank you. Thank you very much. And uh, let, I just want you to know, uh, your labor is not in vain in the Lord. You'll get some great rewards one day. And whatever God does with some of these young people in their lives, and I know he intends to do great and mighty things, uh, tribute goes to you and your investment in their lives. So, so thank Brother Gaddis. He's not here, I know, but I, I thank him for the privilege of standing in his stead here this morning. But I thank him more than that for... He and Brother Davison, the influence, the leadership, and the investment again in the lives of many of us and our churches outside of Oklahoma City who send some of our members here. And so again, we're, we're debtors. If you have your Bibles, please turn to Mark chapter 1. <clears throat> Mark chapter 1. And we'll begin reading a passage in uh, verse number 21. Mark chapter 1, beginning at verse number 21. And they, and that would be our Lord Jesus and his disciples, they went into Capernaum and straightway on the Sabbath day, he, Jesus, entered into the synagogue and taught. And they were astonished at his doctrine, for he taught them as one that had authority and not as the scribes. And there was in their synagogue a man with an unclean spirit, and he, the spirit, cried out, saying, Let us alone. What have we to do with thee, thou Jesus of Nazareth? Art thou come to destroy us? I know thee who thou art, the Holy One of God. And Jesus rebuked him, saying, Hold thy peace, and come out of him. And when the unclean spirit had torn him and cried with a loud voice, he came out of him. And they were all amazed in so much that they questioned among themselves saying, what thing is this? What new doctrine is this? For with authority commandeth he even the unclean spirits and they do obey him. And immediately his fame spread abroad throughout all the region round about Galilee. And forthwith, when they were come out of the synagogue, they entered into the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John and but Simon's wife's mother lay sick of a fever, and anon, and that word anon means immediately or right away, they tell him, Jesus, of her. 
And he came and took her by the hand and lifted her up. And immediately the fever left her and she ministered unto them. And at even, when the sun did set, they brought unto him all that were diseased and them that were possessed with devils. And all the city was gathered together at the door. And he healed many that were sick of diverse diseases and cast out many devils and suffered not the devils to speak. And here, notice this, because they knew him. Let's pray. <clears throat> Father, today we do thank you for the grand opportunity, the privilege really to be together in your house. Lord, not everybody on the face of this globe has the privilege we enjoy today. And so we thank you for the liberty we still have, the peace and opportunity in which to gather here. And I pray our gathering would not be in vain or just some academic checking some box. I went to church on Sunday, but rather, Lord, we'd be here today with open hearts and minds, with the attitude saying, Lord, speak, thy servant heareth. And I pray, Lord, you'd help me in that way. I have a great responsibility I'm very conscious of. And so I pray you'd help me. I pray you'd speak to me as well as through me here today. Lord, I ask if perchance, and I cannot help but think a crowd this size, there would be more than one here today who may know about you, but they don't know you. There's not a personal relationship established by the born again experience. And so I pray if there is someone in that condition today, that you'd illuminate their mind and their heart maybe as never before that they might comprehend, receive, and most importantly, then act upon what they hear here today. We thank you for the testimony in the Word of God of your Son and our dear Savior. I pray that the passage here today would be just another occasion in which he is lifted up and we are drawn to him. So help me now, I pray. Commit the service to you, looking for what you're going to do. We'll praise you and thank you for it even now in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. <clears throat> How many are familiar with a, a TV program about a decade or 10 years ago? <clears throat> it was called, Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader? <laughs> well, let's, let's see if you are. I'll throw a th few things at you here. <clears throat> how many of you, and you don't have to raise your hand or speak out, just kind of answer this in your own mind. How many vowels are in the word beautify? Beautify. Two, three, four, or five? B-U-T-F-I, <laughs> four. Next question, what is the plural form of the word mongoose? Is it mongeese, mongooses, mongossels, or mongai? It's mongooses, okay? <laughs> I know already you're thinking, where in the world is he going with this? <laughs> Just stay tuned, okay? <clears throat> Here's the next one. What colors are called primary colors? Red, yellow, blue, red, green, blue, red, green, yellow, green, yellow, blue. Primary colors are red, yellow, blue. You're not smarter than a fifth grader. <laughs> last one here, last one here. Uh, <clears throat> Name the Indian tribe that helped the pilgrims. Is it the Iroquois, the Wampanoags, the Mohegans, or the Pawtuxets? The Iroquois, the Wampanoags, the Mohegans, or the Pawtuxets? 
It's the Wampanoags. <laughs> Are you smarter than a fifth grader? <laughs> well, here's where I'm going. Let's, let's make a parallel this morning. I take you back to that last verse of our passage. Those <clears throat> evil spirits says, uh, <clears throat> he suffered them not to speak because they knew him. Are you smarter than an evil spirit? Are you smarter than a fallen angel? Well, I trust you should be. <laughs> In fact, uh, think about it a moment. We're told, some believe that as many as 30% of the angels in heaven followed an archangel named Lucifer. And they followed him in this proposition that he was going to take over heaven, that he would make God's throne his throne and he would be God. Dumb. <laughs> Dumb. In fact, I know some parents don't like to hear adults use the word stupid, but that's stupid. The almighty God, the sovereign one. Hello. Lucifer's going to take over. Uh, in fact, I've, I face things on a regular basis in our country today where I'm constantly saying sin makes you stupid. Sin makes you stupid. And we're seeing, you turn on the TV and it's about everything you hear. Sin makes you stupid. Yeah. Well, again, are you smarter than a fallen angel? Are you smarter than an evil spirit? <clears throat> in fact, I, I like the fact in Isaiah, uh, we're told a little bit of the story about uh, Lucifer's attempt to take over heaven. And uh, one of the passages there, verses 16 and 17, listen, listen to this, it says this, they that see thee, and he's talking about come one day, someday, they that see thee, talking about Lucifer, shall narrowly look upon thee and consider thee saying, is this the man that made the earth to tremble? That did shake kingdoms? That made the world as a wilderness? And destroyed the cities thereof. Listen to this. That opened not the house of the prisoners. He's taken many of us captive. Hello. But one day we're going to see the scrawny little pipsqueak, little creep that he is in light of our precious Savior, the mighty one. And we're going to look at that rat, Lucifer, and say, are you kidding me? He had that kind of influence. Yeah. <laughs> Some great promises in the word of God about our relationship with him. Greater is he that's in you and he that's in the world. Amen. Amen. So are you smarter than an evil spirit? Are you smarter than a fallen angel? Go, go back to our text here in verse number 24. <clears throat> the unclean spirit cried out saying, let us alone. What have we to do with thee, thou Jesus of Nazareth? Art thou come to destroy us? I know thee who thou art. The Holy One of Israel. Do you know who Jesus is? Do you know who Jesus is? You better know they know. <laughs> Again, back there in verse 20, 34, because they knew him. Go back about 6,000 years <laughs> before creation and that event took place. Oh, yeah, they know who Jesus is. Do you know who Jesus is? And there's a lot of confusion today about who Jesus is. <laughs> a lot of confusion, sadly, is taught in what's called Christian churches. <laughs> That's a misnomer. 
Do you know who Jesus is? He said, you're the Holy One of God. Remember uh, Matthew 16, uh, Jesus meets with his disciples and he asked the question, whom do men say that I the Son of Man am? And they answered and said, well, some say you're Jeremiah, one of the prophets. They went on. Some say John the Baptist. And here's the question. But whom say ye that I am? <laughs> and old Peter, he often jumped out in front of everybody only to regret having done so. But on this occasion, he was right on. He said, thou art the son of the living God. Yeah. Amen. Jesus is the Holy One. He is God. Come on. He's not just the Holy One of God. He's the Holy One. He is God. Get your theology straight. Come on. The, the <laughs> cults will knock on your door. There's kind of a common thread among all the cults. They deny Jesus deity. Oh, you'll hear he's a great teacher. Here he's a great example. Come on. He is much more than that. He is altogether more than that. John said in 1 John, who is a liar, but he that denieth that Jesus is the Christ. He is antichrist that denieth the Father and the Son. Jesus is not just the Son of God, he's God the Son. He's God incarnate. Come on, Isaiah's prophecy, the mighty God, the everlasting Father, come on. Jesus is God. Do you know who Jesus is? Do you know who he is? He's the promised one. All the prophecies of the Old Testament looked forward to the coming of that second person of the Godhead who would take our condition. Oh, man, <laughs> all of heaven was ablaze there on the Judean hills <laughs> when the announcement was this day, born this day in the city of David is a savior, Christ the Lord. Amen. Peace be unto you. Yeah, the Prince of Peace has come. And all the prophecies spoke of the promised one that would come Jesus' name, uh, it's interesting, uh, Jesus' name is the Greek name comparable to the uh, Hebrew name Joshua. And it means the same, it means God is deliverance and God is salvation. I, I kind of take some tongue-in-cheek pride in the fact that Jesus' name was a Gentile name. <laughs> Wasn't the Hebrew name, it's a Gentile name. Come on, he's not just the savior of the Jews, somebody say amen. Yeah. He's the savior of the whole world. For God so loved the whole world. Amen. He's the promised one. He's the deliverer. He's the almighty one. <laughs> in heaven, <clears throat> all those angels and the heavenly hosts are on their face before him saying, holy, 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 Lord God almighty. He's the almighty one. Again, Lucifer learned that firsthand. Yeah. God is the almighty one. <clears throat> in fact, page over to Gospel of Luke. There's an interesting account here in Luke's Gospel in chapter 11 of Luke. Chapter 11 of Luke, hold your finger, of course, back there. We're going to come back to Mark's Gospel. But in Luke chapter 11, verse number 54 says, He said, Jesus said also to the people. And by the way, uh, in Matthew's account of this same instance, uh, he specifically mentions the publicans and the Sadducees were there. And he's speaking primarily to them. And he says to them, when you see a cloud rise out in the west, straightway you say, there cometh a shower. And so it is. And when you see the south wind blow, you say, there will be heat and it cometh to pass. 
you hypocrites. You can discern the face of the sky and of the earth, but how is it that you do not discern this time? And he's talking about his time and his place and who he is. And then he says, yea, and why even yourselves judge ye not what is right? You know what he's saying? Come on, by this time in the Gospel of Luke, Jesus has performed the miracles we read there in the first chapter of Mark. He's done it again and again and again. He's evidenced again and again, which was why he had three and a half years of ministry to prove his person, to prove why he came, but who prove who he was. And he said, you hypocrites, you can look at the sky and you can do all that. You, you can be knowledgeable of all these evidences and then you can come to some conclusion that is so but why will you not come to this conclusion? It's screaming at you. <laughs> the evidence is there. No, it's not that you will not. It's not that you do not understand. It's the fact that you will not receive the truth. Do you know who Jesus is? <laughs> He's the Holy One. He's the Promised One. He's the Almighty One. He's the Coming One. I thought I'd get more amens than that. He's the Coming One. <laughs> I go away, but I will come again. Amen. He's coming again. Well, praise the Lord. He came the first time for unto you is born this day in the city of David as Savior. He came the first time as a Savior. And we're still in this what's called the age of grace. And my friend, if you're not saved, you better take advantage of this age of grace that you have to receive him as your Savior because that's why he came. <laughs> but when he comes back, he's not coming as a Savior. He's coming as a judge. Do you know who he is? Do you know who he is? <clears throat> Number two, <clears throat> are you smarter than a fallen angel? Are you smarter than an evil spirit? Do you know who Jesus is? Do you know what he can do? <laughs> do you know what he can do? Look, look again there. Go back to our text in Mark. <clears throat> Verse number 25, Jesus rebuked him. Hold thy peace and come out of him. When the unclean spirit had torn him and cried with a loud voice, he came out of him and they were all amazed and so much that they questioned among themselves saying, what thing is this? What new doctrine is this? For with authority commandeth he even the unclean spirits and they do obey him. And immediately his fame spread abroad throughout all the region. Skip down to verse number 32. And even when the sun did set, they brought unto him all that were diseased and them that were possessed with devils. And all the city was gathered together at the door and he healed many that were sick of diverse diseases and cast out many devils. <clears throat> we're told in Matthew's gospel, great multitudes followed him and he healed them all. Did you get that? He healed them all. Anybody, everybody that came to him with a need, he healed them all. These faith healers, <laughs> these charlatans, these counterfeits come on and say they have the gift of healing. I want to say to them, go down here to the hospital and clean the place out. Because <laughs> Jesus could. <laughs> Jesus would. <laughs> Praise his name. Do you know what he can do? He commandeth even the unclean spirits and they do obey him. You've probably heard it said, <clears throat> nothing just happens to a believer. God either purposes it to happen or he allows it for a purpose. Come on. <laughs> As a teenager, there was a song back in the 50s, Doris Day. Que sera, sera. It's a great song. I like the song. But it's theologically incorrect. 
Whatever will be, will be. No, for a believer, come on. Our, our steps are ordered by the Lord. He guides us with his eye. He's watching over us. Hello. Amen. Yeah. Do you know what Jesus can do? He can provide every one of your needs. He'll take care of you in any circumstance, any condition. Come on. He's the almighty one. He can do anything he chooses to do, but fail. <laughs> our kids sing that song. God can do anything, anything, anything. God can do anything but fail. He can save. He can cleanse. Amen. He can keep and he will. God can do anything but fail. Do you know who Jesus is? Do you know what he can do? Number three, do you know what Jesus will do? Do you know what Jesus will do? Go back there to verse number 24. Art thou come to destroy us? Hey, come on. Lucifer and his band, they know, they know their end. I've often said, boy, I'm telling you one day when, when Jesus lays hold of the devil, that dragon, and he throws him into the place that's prepared for him and his crowd and his angels. Get out of my way. I'm crowding up to the edge. I want to watch that rat fall as far as he goes. What a rat. What a dirty. There's not words just to describe and he hates you. If he had his will, come on, we're talking about his capability. If he had his will, you know, he'd come in here, he'd kill everybody in here right now. <laughs> he hates God. He hates righteousness. He's a creep. <laughs> One day he's getting his. <laughs> One day he's getting his. Amen. And they know it. I said they know it. Yeah. Are you coming? Is this the time? Have you come to destroy us? <laughs> Revelation chapter 12. <clears throat> I heard a loud voice. This is prophecy. This is, of course, yet prophecy in our day. I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now is come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they loved not their lives unto the death. Therefore rejoice, ye heavens, and ye that dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea. For the devil is come down unto you having great wrath because he knoweth that he hath but a short time. And if it was short then, it's shorter today. Right. <clears throat> When I was uh, in Houston, Texas, Brother Inman mentioned, mentioned the time I went to the University of Houston, I gave some testimony in the uh, classes today at the school since I'm here. My personal testimony, I was called to preach at 16, went off to Bible college at 17. I said, if, if my parents, great parents, saved, you know, raised in a Christian home, my dad's a deacon, my mom's a church secretary, my brother is only my brother and I. He's a Baptist preacher. Some of you know Dan Leidick. Uh, I mean, our home, I couldn't have asked. I'm eternally indebted. I couldn't have asked for a better home life and parents. But if my parents made one failure, and I know they'd be the first to tell you today, <laughs> yeah, one. But one that had a, you know, I think in my life it made a difference. They, they let me go off to Bible college too young. I was 17 chronologically. I was probably about 14 mentally and <laughs> emotionally. 
And I think I told some of the students, I said, I thought Bible college was a glorified youth camp. <laughs> and I had a great time, but I didn't learn much. And I was in and out of trouble. And so I <clears throat> left Bible college a couple times of not of my own volition. <laughs> but I finally left it at a certain point. I said, I got to grow up. And so I uh, make a long story short, I went to Texas, Egypt. <laughs> And I married me an Egyptian girl. <laughs> but uh, anyway, uh, went to Freeway Baptist Church. Some would know the name Granville Affords. He was my pastor there. And uh, God used him in my life. My wife and I met there. And uh, every year, uh, Brother Affords would have Al Lacey come. Some may know that name. It goes back a few years. He's an evangelist, and uh, he's a great storyteller. Some may know him better. He, he started writing books, historical Christian books, and uh, Al Lacey. He was a great storyteller, and we would have him come every year for revival. And I remember this one year, and I want you to get the picture in your mind. Uh, Freeway Baptist had built a new auditorium. It was a pie shape, and they had a balcony like that. But when they built it, they weren't in need of the balcony, so the balcony was empty. But it ran about 600 in attendance or so. And he's preaching one night on prophecy and how God's fulfilled prophecy through the course of time. He was talking about the, the uh, anticipation in heaven for the occasion in which the Lord would come back in his glory. And he used Gabriel. Again, he's just telling a story. But through the course of his preaching, he would use Gabriel, who, you know, some believe he's going to sound the trumpet. You know, there's going to be a great shout and the sound of a trumpet. So as he's telling this story, and he's doing this preaching through the course of the service. He would talk about different events that were fulfillments of prophecy. And, he, and he'd talk about, of course, in the rising in the, uh, in the age of grace of the church age, the great whore, the Roman church and its influence and how it would begin to persecute real believers. And he'd stop at about every different thing he'd mention. He'd talk about it and he'd use a scripture to back it up. And show. But then he'd say, in heaven, then Gabriel would know about these things. So he'd come to the Lord with his, you know, his trumpet all polished up. He'd say, is it today, Lord? Is it today? And the Lord would say, no, no, Gabriel, it's not today. So then he'd go on to preach and he talked about the conditions again of the persecution that took place during the dark ages and all the hardship there. By the way, throw this in for free. You do know why it was called the Dark Ages, right? They didn't have the Word of God. That Roman church kept the Word of God from the people so they could keep them in the dark. Yeah. So the Enlightenment, the <clears throat> time came when the printing of the Word of God began to change a lot of things, you think? <laughs> anyway, so he's preaching about the Dark Ages and all those things and how, again, the, the persecution of the church and that was a fulfillment of prophecy. So Gabriel came up and say, okay, Lord, it's today, right? These things are coming to pass. It's today. No, no, Gabriel, it's not today. <clears throat> so then he go on. He talked about the development, of course, of the one world philosophy. Now we're at the time of the development of the one world system. Hello. Come on. These things are still take, coming to pass. Yeah. <clears throat> and he talked about, of course, the spirit of Antichrist and how it would grow in the latter days. So he's talking about preaching on that. And then Gabriel come up and say, it's today. It's today, right, Lord? No, no, Gabriel. It's not today. Not today. <clears throat> so then he'd go on. He'd talk about something very monumental. 1948. 
May of 48, the nation of Israel regathered as a nation. Oh boy, I'm telling you, you talk about fulfillment. You talk about, whoa, baby, here we are. And so Gabriel said, man, this is it. He's got his tongue. This is it, right, Lord? Today. No, Gabriel, no, it's not today. Hang on, hang on. So then he'd go on, he'd talk about <clears throat> conditions that developed, of course, coming up to our day. Romans 1, you've been reading that, <laughs> front page news. Second Timothy, talking about, you know, falling away and the cold hearts and all that. And so, <clears throat> I mean, he spends a lot of time now in this point of his message. He's talking about those conditions. Hello, here we are. Come on. And more so today than ever before, I, I've said, man, prophetically speaking, nothing else needs to take place. The Lord could come right now. Even so, come, Lord Jesus, that'd be just hunky-dory with me. In fact, I'd like to go up preaching, just like that. I'd like to go up, just like that. <laughs> so he's talking about all this, and I mean, he's getting it worked up, you know, and Gabriel comes and says, it's today. I'm telling you, Lord, I know it's today. And the Lord says, it's today, Gabriel, let her blow. Well, remember now, I said his pie-shaped auditorium, they weren't using the balcony. Brother Lacey put a guy up there with a trumpet. <laughs> and he said, let her blow, Gabriel. And you heard this. Da, 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 da. I'm telling you, the hair stood up on the back of your neck. I was, whoa. Brother Lacey said, well, obviously that wasn't the event. But here was his question. What if it had been? Whoa, what if it had been? Well, I'm telling you, Gabriel's waiting in the wings and it's going to happen. Amen. Lucifer and his crowd, they know it's going to happen. Their time is short. Are you smarter than a fifth grader? Maybe not. <laughs> but are you smarter than an evil spirit? You ought to be. You need to be. And if you are, then by God's grace, you've acted upon that knowledge. And if you haven't acted, hello. Today's the day of salvation. Amen. Now's the accepted time. You know, when the trump blows, it's not to say just the unsaved won't be ready. I'm sorry to tell you, there's going to be a lot of saved not ready. Are you ready? Are you smarter than an evil spirit? Come on. Have you sifted out chaff, things of no value? We're, our world's chock full of it. But I'll tell you something that is of lasting value. It's your soul and you're going to spend eternity somewhere. And you're going to stand before a holy God. You're either going to give account at the white throne judgment for the unsaved or you're going to give an account at the judgment seat of Christ as a believer. Are you smarter than an evil spirit? Come on, time is short. You better be ready. Da -da 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 -da, and we're out of here. Amen. Da -da 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 -da, and judgment begins. Are you smarter than an evil spirit? Let's stand, please. <clears throat> Bow our heads for prayer. Lord, we thank you for your word. Thank you for the admonition that's found therein so often throughout the word of God. Simple admonition kind of can be worded this way. Are you listening? God is speaking. God is working. Are you paying attention? 
Lord, I pray it would be so in our midst here today. I can't pray with more earnest, more earnestness than I can about anyone that's here today who's not sure if the trumpet would, would, would sound. Would they, would they be ready to go? Do they know the Lord Jesus as their Savior? Do they know him? The evil spirits, they know him. Do we know him? Oh God, if we don't, today's the day to come to that, to see that resolved. Oh God, I pray you'd so convict, convince them today, that today would be the day of salvation. Speak to hearts now, and I'll thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Brother Ted, you.